Welcome back everyone to another episode of the UW Film Club podcast where each week we invite a member of the club onto the show to talk about a movie of their choosing. That movie could be good, bad, topically relevant, or anything in between. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Arrieta, and joining me, I have... I'm uh, Louis Gallup. And our member this week is Cynthia. Hello. This is Cynthia's uh, second time coming here, but this is her, uh, her first... Pick. Pick yeah. episode. Last time we brought her in for the favorite... Uh, on short notice because we needed to backlog some episodes. Uh, but this time she gets a whole episode of her choosing. Yeah. Uh, do you want to, for the, for the unacquainted, give us a little background about yourself, who you are, uh, and your uh, relation to film club? Um, so, yeah, I'm Cynthia. Um, I'm a sophomore at the UW. Uh, I'm majoring in computer science and cinema media studies, and my relation to film club was I went to the Jeopardy Dog Days event my first week of film club, and then just have been going ever since. That's pretty cool. I always yeah. loved those uh, Jeopardy. Also, now I, I love making them, too. It's yeah, it's really, the, making them is the best part. Yeah. But it was good to play, play at Lost Quarter when you and Sierra made it. I really yeah. appreciate that. Uh, but this week, we're what going with... Pick? Yeah. Oh, um, so I picked Arrival by director Denis Villeneuve, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's either Villeneuve or Villeneuve, but I don't, uh. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, this 2016 American science fiction film uh, stars Amy Adams, Jerry Renner, and Forrest Whitaker when uh, the plot synopsis essentially is. 12 spaceships come to Earth, and they are in a mad rush. All these different countries are in a mad rush trying to communicate with them and understand why they are here. Yeah. Uh, and I they're do. not harmful aliens, so f- as, as far as we know from the start, because they haven't attacked or anything. But yeah. everyone believes they will be harmful yes, at yeah. some point. Which is, I feel like, a, a very important, very important detail to include uh, later on that we'll touch on. That um, this film came out November eleventh, twenty sixteen. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember this. This was I saw this film. This is election week after, right? Well, I saw this the day before the election. So. <laughs> yeah, didn't we go to like a pre-screening for that? Yeah, I went on this. I went on my birthday for this movie. Huh. My birthday was on the screening. Was on Good Monday. Birthday. And yeah, the election was on a Tuesday, and then I had a midterm on a Wednesday. So that was and great. Whatever. Yeah. Worth it for a rival. Yeah, Arrival is good. It's a good movie. <laughs> the movie is based on a short story by Ted Chiang, uh, Story of Your Life. Uh, it was nominated, I think it was, nom- it was nominated for Adapted Screenplay, yes? Yes, it yeah. lost to Manchester. No, no Manchester no, no, no. was original. No, it lost wow. to Moonlight. Moonlight. Yeah. That was a good year. <laughs> yeah, it was a good year for film, actually. Um, unlike this one. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, um, 20, not like this year? Hmm? 2018 so far yeah 2018 like the big releases were all bad there were some indie releases that I liked you know like mom and dad and you know the you were never really here but that's been in, in festivals yeah. in 2017 yeah. and all that well, we'll discuss that topic. later on yeah. um, we'll discuss that in our uh, top 10 episode <laughs> that we have coming up yeah um, but yeah this film when I saw it, I was very enamored with it. Loved the whole thing, top to bottom. I had just made my Letterboxd account like a few <laughs> days before, and I had seen La La Land yeah. and uh, Arrival. 
and uh, like I don't give up fives very often, right? Mm-hmm. Fives are like you know, the way I do rankings and stuff. I like to keep uh, like four and a half and fives out of there, just so yeah. that like uh, it's like going up, right? It's like a hundred point <laughs> scale mm-hmm. where uh, if you give everything a hundred, right, you can't like ever go up, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like, uh, um, what is it? You keep it like around like ninety or something. And when, when something is like a five and you're like, this is like really good, then it, then it means something. Yeah. Uh, yeah no. So I had like given this one a five and then I was like, nothing's going to beat this this year. And then Lawson <laughs> came out and I was like another five right back to back. Yeah. Um, but I was a big fan of this movie when it came out. What about you guys? Uh, let's start with Cynthia. Um, so I actually didn't see it until after like the Oscars, I guess, because I... I've watched film, but I always like delayed myself. I never really watched things in theater because a lot of things cost money. Yeah. And uh, so I watched it during the summer around my graduation from high school. So I had like these weird emotions going on. And then same with Greg, when I first watched it, I was enamored by it. I've never actually heard of the short story. So I kind of went in blank. I don't think I even saw the trailer of it. I think a friend of mine was just like, oh, this is a really good movie. Let's go watch it. And after watching it, I almost started sobbing completely in my friend's living room. Damn, that's yeah. What an emotional response. Upon rewatch, I'm not sure if I was like as emotional as I was like two years ago seeing it because I had like known the biggest thing. We're gonna spoil this movie. Heads oh up, yes, it's very spoiled. spoiled. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I didn't like when I first saw it. The twist of everything being uh, like circular, like mm-hmm. time acting as a circle, and the way they they use. Um, flashbacks is actually future events mm-hmm. you know, fake you out with that uh, that twist didn't hit as hard but uh, I still like it because it's underlying message about communication and how we resolve not only like personal issues but also uh, global issues uh, is really uh, potent in this film I mean potent's not the right word effective maybe yeah, yeah. we'll go with effective uh, and, um, like I had mentioned before, I just think this right before the election where like, you know, people are like being very nationalistic in the, in the election and you're like talking about like communicating with others and you're yeah. like, like building a wall and you're just like, watch uh, this film. It's all about like no. communicating with others. Do you think Trump watched this film? No. <laughs> no. Um, so that was like a very, uh, for me, I don't know, uh, the, the setting and period on the social and political landscape when I watched this film, I think was important for me. Yeah, no, it, it was very relevant at the time, but at that time we thought Trump wasn't going to happen, but it did. Regardless, uh, let me... Uh, <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> when it, when it warrants itself, we'll get into yeah. it. Yeah, because yes. this movie is political. Yeah, it is, it is political, but... Uh, I just want to get into my first like uh, yeah. initial thoughts about this film. I've I've seen it uh, a long time ago as well, two years ago. I did not rewatch it because uh, even though I'm a huge fan of Denis uh, Villeneuve, like from uh, watching Prisoners, actually. Yeah, you were a big champion of Prisoners. Yeah, yeah, uh, I loved yeah. that before this film even came out. Prisoners, Enemy, Sicario, those were three of his uh, best. So when I went into Arrival, I was actually expecting so much more than what was there. Mm-hmm. And so I was slightly disappointed. That doesn't mean it's not, not a great film. It's a fantastic film. However, it wasn't 
in my opinion, his best work. That's fair. That's so fair. Far. Considering he makes he makes amazing great films. films. Yeah. I don't think he's made a bad, a bad one, one in my yet. opinion. No. Yeah. No, and uh, yeah, I just. I'm I'm glad that he did Blade Runner after that, you know, and I'm glad that he did Arrival as like, uh, yeah, see, I can do sci-fi as well, uh, and that's got that got him yeah. Blade Runner, and I'm I'm now a huge, he's huge now fan he's on of Blade Runner. Yeah, he's doing Dune. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It should be fun. Uh, Will be interesting. It is a very hard adaptation to do. It is. Yeah. It is, and mm. uh, uh, I haven't seen the David Lynch version, so I can't comment on it. I've only, you know, my brother's a huge fan of Jodorowsky, so he keeps on telling me about what could have been. Well, there was that dog <laughs> that yeah. I also didn't see. So. Yeah, supposedly one of the best documentaries, according to him. But uh, from what I've seen, like, since, you know, Jodorowsky had, like, this great, great team, actually, of uh, a lot of people who went on to do great sci-fi stuff afterwards. That's mm -hmm. why people were anticipating that movie. That's where the alien design came from. Yeah. It never yeah. got used, and they were just like, mm -hmm. the guy was like, this is too good to waste. Yeah. <laughs> and he just gave it to Ridley Scott, and Ridley Scott was like, this is a nice xenomorph. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, what I want to talk about briefly, like before we get into the film, is about the, uh, the industrial uh, effects of this film. When I say industrial, I mean, how did it affect like the industry? So Param there's an interesting story about this. Paramount, uh, this movie had a $47 million budget, yeah. made $200 million, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So not bad returns. So not, not bad, bad returns, return. right? Yeah. It's a good return. Um, did a lot of good award season. Uh, Paramount was like high off of this movie, so they greenlight Annihilation, right? Off of this uh -huh. film. Yeah. Like a lot of uh, low concept, um, but it depends on what you think of high or low concept. Yeah. You, mean, you could say this is a high concept where it's like aliens come to Earth, right? And if you're not reading between the lines, then it's technically a high concept to you, I guess. But it's, to me, it's low concept. Uh, and they greenlight Annihilation, mm -hmm. which is Alex Garland's piece from earlier this year. And it does not do well. Yeah. yeah. That is a very low concept film mm -hmm. um, where uh, it's all about like the details. And they had a lot of friction with that movie. Um, Alex oh, yeah. Garland like pushed back on like the ending. Yeah. They wanted to change the ending and he was like, no. The ending of Annihilation is like his best part, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. It's a little, you could say that, uh, I rewatched it over winter break and you could say that it has uh, some ooh, unstable moments at the beginning but the ending is like really like mm -hmm. very good. Yeah. Um, and it does not do well. Like so much so that Paramount like gives away the rights internationally. Damn. So it's like that's why it's showed on Netflix. It showed, yeah, 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 no, I remember, I remember that. I think he only kept it for like Canada and the U.S. and something like that. Um, but that was they made that decision based off like how well this film did, um, and then because of how well this film also did, Sony greenlit a Blade Runner sequel, which yeah. right off the bat we were like, uh, "This is not a good idea." I'm like, do you know who? Sorry, yeah. what's your name, Denise? had done great job with this film mm -hmm. but like I mean like even some of us were like just not touch Blade Runner let's just not like, you know I guess no no I, I was also worried too you know because I'm, I'm a huge Blade Runner fan actually but no I was I was pleasantly surprised but I, I kind of expected that it wouldn't make that much money just because the original Blade Runner didn't make that much oh, money yeah. Yeah. And so Blade in Runner, fact like yeah. a lot of people that I was talking to about Blade Runner 2049 
Like I'll, I've been, I just asked people around before I went to watch uh, Blade Runner twenty four nine if they actually seen the first Blade Runner, uh, and the majority of them said no. So uh, that's a big mistake. <laughs> you know, no, it is. It definitely. Yeah. Is, but I mean, it's not. You you think it's a really popular, uh, you know, uh, movie just by talking to a lot of other film people, but mm-hmm. uh, generally, I don't think a lot of people have seen it. You know, I think a lot of people remember that it exists, but yeah. I don't think they've seen it. And so that's why I think that they didn't actually uh, make a good return on Blade Runner 2049 because there isn't that much of a demand for it in the first place. Yeah, that's true. Only the diehard fans would really go for it. I don't even remember it marketing. Like, not, there wasn't really a strong marketing No, it was, it was strong marketing right? for me. Like, for you, uh, but I just don't like, remember I guess it's like all... For me, it's like... Uh, it's all perspective-based, right? I don't watch TV, so I don't know what the push was on mm-hmm. like uh, Sunday Night Football yeah. or any of the like the championship games. I don't know what any of that was like because I don't I don't watch TV. I only get the the banner ads on uh, like websites or like trailers before movies. And I go to a lot of movies, so like my perspective is totally warped, right? I can okay. see it. I've seen like the trailer for the upside at I've least. Seen so many times. I don't know. Like seven times between mm-hmm. all my time, between all of the uh, times I go to the theater to catch up on like Oscar and award season films, it's always in there. So like I can say like, oh, I've seen the upside, I know about it, but it's very uh, myopic in mm-hmm. terms of what I see. So I don't, I don't know how Blade Runner twenty forty nine was. I remember there was like uh, there were like big posters of it in some places uh, when I was. You know, I was going through, uh, you know, some of my Reddit, uh, subreddits that I like, and a lot of people post uh, posters from, like, London, Paris, mm. about, with Ryan Gosling, you know, just standing. I usually just, like, base it off, like, people from my hometown, because my hometown's not, like, not, like, not many people yeah. are that interested in film. So if someone is, like, like, Lady Bird caught, like, on fire mm-hmm. in my hometown, so I was like, okay, there's probably some thing going on there but nothing really no one talked about Blade Runner yeah. no one. and it has Ryan Gosling yeah. a and lot also, of love that sorry I'm going to off it's also like ratios right so Lady Bird low budget high return mm-hmm. so like if you uh, if you put like, like Get Out for example Get Out was made for like I think 4 million dollars yeah mm-hmm. and it made I want to say two like 200 million I, massive return right well, I think so it might actually be a little bit higher I don't know uh, so it's it made 255 million worldwide, according to Box Office and Mojo, domestically 176. So that, close to that 200 mark. A lot. <laughs> on yeah. a 4.5 million dollar budget. So, like. Take that what you will. Yeah. No, that's a lot of money. Now, here's, here's the next part about Blade Runner. Blade Runner made 259 million worldwide on a budget of 150 million. So that's wait, wait, considered wait. Hold on. a flop. Blade Runner made $259 million worldwide over uh, on $150 Yeah, that's... Get Out made $255 million on $4.5 million. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. the ratio was like that. Crazy, mm-hmm. yeah. So Blade Runner, and, and it's important to note, domestically it only did $92 million. Like domestic, like... If Blade Runner is like a Japan-China film. Like that's my like yeah, what yeah. I see. It's like uh, it's no. It also had like two uh, animated uh, you know shorts leading up to oh. it actually, uh, sanctioned by Denis as well, mm. and uh, from from one of the animators of I think Cowboy Bebop. Not sure oh. though. Uh, yeah, they did the short 
and that got some people really excited. <laughs> um, but when you think like Blade Runner, Blade Runner is like an American property, so you would assume yeah. it would do more domestically, uh, but it does more internationally, and it kind of makes it profitable. The budget was 150, and that's yeah. only production, right? So mm -hmm. you don't know how much marketing is. My general rule of thumb is anywhere from like a third to like half uh, for marketing budgets. Yeah, mm -hmm. you don't know like that. That's just yeah, the general rule of thumb, especially for yeah. like uh, big blockbuster films. Mm -hmm. um, that's what you would assume. So like, if I have to like guess or estimate, that's what I do. Um, so, I mean, it's not like the greatest return. But it's like getting, it's critically acclaimed, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't win a lot of awards, but I feel it's getting a lot of like that backdraft of people saying like, this film got a raw deal. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that film uh, is very good. Now, it's, it's, all it's, the way it's, back, it's really <laughs> all the way back to that yeah. industrial point of like Arrival. Mm -hmm. Arrival does so well that it spawns like these two more recent, uh, more, uh, studio blockbuster films and they don't do as well or as like uh, critically they are critically acclaimed but yeah. not with accolades mm -hmm. they kind of get the short end of the stick so that's my little take on that little like uh, industrial narrative forming out of Arrival that's yeah, my I tangent I can see that I can see that no <laughs> I mean I, do you think that well because of Arrival those two movies came out but since those two movies technically they didn't do as well as a lot of people expected. Do you, where do you see those type of films existing in our world now? He's making Dune, so he's got. Yeah. He's got, well, that's also, I, I, that's I also his power, right? Yeah, like, I him honestly, as a director, him and then, Garland. I still don't think uh, his, that Dune is going to make a lot of money. I don't either. Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why they're doing that again. Actually, like that's probably what he wanted. I, I get that it's what he wants, but then, like, it's not, you know, from a marketing perspective. Like, I don't think I it makes think sense. Who has the doing property? Someone probably had it on the table. Like, Blade Runner feels like more people know that as, like, a cultural icon than Doom. Yeah, because yeah, the movie of yeah. Doom flopped. Yeah. We're, like, way worse, because it was actually a bad movie and it flopped. You know, but Blade yeah. Runner was a good movie, Agreed. but didn't do that well in, in the box office when it first released. Mm -hmm. It caught on as a kind of a cult classic but it's too big now to consider it a cult, cult classic <laughs> it's what? weird Do Blade Runner or Blade Runner oh um cause like the, the start of now, now yeah. it's like in the holy grail of yeah. yeah yeah so you know so it's it's kind of weird um but yeah Dune isn't doesn't have that Dune has that like uh will they market it as like the original you know, the better Dune maybe maybe but I doubt it. Plus, like, now, since Alien and, like, other uh, sci-fi films came out that were inspired by Dune. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's another thing, too. Dune yeah. book, you mentioned you know? Alien Covenant. That's another big, yeah. budget, big budget uh, science fiction film. No, but that was Dune because of Prometheus and, like, all that. That's just a, <laughs> It's just... It's a dead series. Stop milking it. My favorite was uh, Ridley Scott saying he had, like, uh, five more film, five more Alien films. Oh, my God. He should God. stop. Had his mind. No. He should stop. I mean, I, I'm okay with them. I didn't think they were that bad. Uh, it's, well, he's never, you know, okay, so that's They're the not going to say that if they ever it's, get it's funded, a, it'd be very impressive. It's pointless to keep doing them, you know, if there's nothing really left to say. I feel like you should get one more just so you can round out that 
or uh, redeem it. That prome- <laughs> hopefully, so he can round out that Prometheus covenant and whatever last one he wants to round it up. But like, I mean, look, he's not top, like a, he's not like a ten, chicken either. Top ten shots of cinema uh, of all time is Michael Fassbender teaching Michael Fassbender to play the flute. So that's a good moment. That was a fake out. I thought, <laughs> you know, you know, it's his, this character named Michael, right? Yeah. You thought, I thought for a second, like, he was going to, like, take the flute and, like, shove it right through his face. Yeah. He doesn't. He does not. <laughs> I was like, oh, he's doing that pan. No, because he's him, you know? He is him, but one but of the people. He doesn't want to kill, so he doesn't want to kill the him. You know, that's, that's, like, he doesn't care about the other people, but he cares about the other. But guys. doesn't he, like, try to kill him? At the end, because he doesn't, you know, respond to the affection, I the feelings. Him in a while, but I'm pretty it's sure pretty, he tries to kill him. He tries to kill him after, like the he he tries to get him on his side, basically. Oh, so yeah, we're gonna get back on track here. Sorry for wasting the first twenty minutes, you guys. Um, I mean, kind of about the impact of Arrival. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, but yeah, Arrival. Let's start off with everyone's uh, favorite part about it. Mine is uh, not only that metaphor I'd mentioned before, that social, political messaging there, um, but also Johan Johansson's oh score. Um, mm-hmm. One of his last scores, uh, but um, incredibly powerful. It's got the Brahms everyone makes fun of. Yeah. <laughs> I think it makes good use of it. Um. For me, you know, as I said previously in, in other podcasts, I'm not a huge fan of uh, classical scores because I feel they've been done too much. Yeah, you gotta, I know like, that's you not. A, put some, like, I know that's not a popular opinion, and I know people are gonna shit on me because of that. Mm-hmm. I call it orchestral pre- goop, right? So it's like uh, it has like it's classical when, stuff. Well, it's like when it's like uninspired, right? So mm-hmm. I call a lot of the soundtrack for like superhero films like orchestral goop. Pretty much, just yeah. Like, mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking. It's about. like the superhero cliched. Uh, like you just think of like the Avengers theme is a little bit more nuanced, but you think of just like go to Captain America. Like what is the Captain America theme? Yeah. I don't couldn't tell you. What's yeah. the Batman theme? You know it. The Batman theme. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So that's what I call it. It's like the, 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 but you're talking about you know the Dark Knight. You're talking about like, Dark Knight or the Danny Elfman. Yeah, yeah, no, okay, yes. So, like, you know those scores. Yes. Um, and you can generally, like, especially with uh, Hans Zimmer's Batman, you can tell, like, uh, the general vibe of the score, right? Mm-hmm. What I call orchestral goop is just, it's there in the background, I don't even notice it. It's even, mm-hmm. like, even when there are Marvel films with good soundtracks, like Guardians of the Galaxy. It's but that's still, like, that relies on song. Okay, no, so that's still, like, half, clear. and... We're yeah. looking about score. Score. Yeah, that was the, yeah. the score, score and soundtrack are different. The soundtrack is the Guardians of the Galaxy. Technically, soundtrack. they can be like or interchangeable, scores, but scores, soundtrack yeah. is like when you tune and you use like, like uh, hooked on a feeling. Yeah. Score is like the original yeah. score yeah. they use yeah. for the film. Yeah, no. What I'm trying to say is, even when there's like good soundtracks, the score is also trash. Oh, okay. Uh, in in you know these films that do have the Marvel films that do have just have Johnny Greenwood do everything. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, Johnny Green is a good choice for any soundtrack. Really. He would never do a Marvel I feel like he's only really worked with, like, Lynn Ramsey and PTA, so... Yeah, yeah pretty much. Yeah. I mean, like, good on him. I'd want to, like... He, if does, I make a, he makes, like, great soundtracks. He just time. does them... He doesn't do them for money. He just does them for fun, yeah. really. Like, he already, he's, he already has a lot of money. money. Okay, yeah, he's doing Radiohead. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Creep is, is still doing <laughs> a lot of money. 
even like though it's, every other it's not their best movie. song, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, just the royalties from that will keep him afloat and his family afloat for many generations. Yeah, yeah he's, he's it's dead. not going anywhere. He's fine, but yeah, <laughs> Johan Johansson does a good kind of making this uh, like this brooding score that kind of like under like creates these swells when they go mm -hmm. up to the spaceship. And it creates this kind of um, massive scale, like this global scale. Like you get in the effect that this is like a very serious subject matter that shouldn't, like it's, it has um, grave implications in whether yeah. or not um, it, like these aliens could, could be here to destroy us or we could like piss them off and every, every action should be taken like tread lightly it's like mm -hmm. walking on eggshells yeah. yeah well when i think of like walking on eggshells i think of like uh like a, those violin scores for me were never really here where it's like the the sharp violin yeah mm -hmm. i digress whatever you get the point <laughs> um but it's working on a level where you're, you're, it's like grander you can understand the grander scope of things internationally mm -hmm. even though you don't really you get um a lot of establishing shots of these, I guess they're what? What are the the elliptical, the ellipses things? Looking, there's Bug. a specific name. Ooh. They just call them extraterrestrial spacecrafts. Ew, <laughs> I feel like there's something unidentified for that. flying object. Let's just, <laughs> just, just, just start with that. All right. Uh, oh, I'm gonna call the like spaceships. And I'm gonna call them uh, War of the Worlds, Part Two, yeah. spaceships. <laughs> um, but you understand, like you can see establishing shots of those things outside mm -hmm. of this one place in Montana. But I think uh, you want, the score helps give credence to like Amy Adams' character that her decision has international consequences mm -hmm. and it feeds into that. So that's one, that's, I think it's like one of the most purveying, uh, purveying scent, like uses or like, techniques, I guess, I don't know. Yeah, no, like I, uses of things. I don't know. I'm like, I'm stumbling on my words today. It's been a long day. Yeah, it's always one or it's, two. No, it's you know I've I've been awake for a couple of hours, but I'm tired. I'm done with school to be honest. Either way, point is I what I, I'm going to talk about what I really like about this film and uh, the dislikes uh, on the soundtrack. I'm not saying that it's a bad soundtrack. I'm pretty sure it's pretty good. Like it fits with the uh, you know theme and style of the film. Uh, but just because of all the orchestral goop that I've heard, I've been getting turned off of this kind of stuff. But that's just me personally. Uh, as for the film, what I really like is how they're doing this alien story in a non-traditional manner. You know, like uh, most alien films that are like alien invasion films, mm -hmm. they usually are like explosions, wars, Will Smith punching and an alien in the, the alien face. is always the bad person. <laughs> yes, the alien is always the bad person. Uh, or, you know, we have E.T., but <laughs> that's, you know, I'm not counting that. I mean, E.T. Um, wasn't greedy with open arms either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah pretty much. So, uh, you know, uh, I like that the fact that, you know, they didn't just respond with, oh, they're, they're coming in our territory, just let's bomb the shit out of them. They were thinking of it, but they were actually taking, you know, it was showing us the steps, like mm -hmm. the international steps that are taken when this thing happens. And I... Uh, I'm a fan of that, and I haven't seen that before, and uh, yeah, that's why I, I really, you know, I enjoyed that aspect of the film. Going off of, off of that, uh, that notion of, that political notion where if there's a any kind of problem, the first immediate threat is like, 
how is that going to affect us and what is the danger to us, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there is a moment in the film where he talks about like war and she's like, what's the definition of the war? What's the Sanskrit meaning of war oh, yeah. translation? And she's talked about more cows, right? Mm-hmm. So basically what she's saying is that war is like originally over like nothing, right? And we do all these grand conflicts for like petty things and yeah. it costs mm-hmm. lives, right? And it kind of establishes what something like this would do, right? If you piss off these aliens, right? What is yeah. the implication of that? It's like you're doing it, you're doing a minute thing over a petty misunderstanding, and you could do uh, a lot of damage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there is that government official whose name I don't know, but she, it's the one that uh, she steals the satellite phone at the end of, and he's always concerned oh, yeah. about, um, like. What it like weapon, right? They misunderstood the word weapon and gift. They interchange them, uh, and he his immediate reaction to everything is like it's gonna, it's here to kill us. It's doing bad things, and a lot of the times you see that translated into the other countries understanding that too. Like you see China misunderstanding uh, the weapon thing. Also, it says mm-hmm. use weapon instead of like use gift or whatever. Yeah. Um. So I. Th- the, me- the underlying message there is that it's kind to say, uh, to n- like, it's like to hash out a communication, right? The whole thing is about understanding one another, mm-hmm. where language mm-hmm. is not, or language, your understanding is not on the same level. Um, and it's creating this kind of like apprehensiveness to uh, like people just like, you know, understanding each other. Pretty yeah. much, yeah. I always, you know, love when there's the... I think they started off by showing, like, a... the You know, a shot of all the screens from different countries, like, mm-hmm. all working together. That was... I was really <laughs> happy when I saw that. You know, I was like, yeah, that's... That's what's gonna happen if... Uh, but then it devolves. It does. Yeah. It does devolve. But, I mean... You know, it's, people are people. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That happens. Uh, at the end, though, they work together to find the solution, so... Because of the circular yeah, time yeah, thing yeah. or whatever. But do they work together? Well, she, well, looks they, like, they, she, she goes to the future. Amy Adams is the one that's like she's the one that's like she's the like the catalyst that yeah. forces it together. Yeah. 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 Uh, one other thing I wanted to say about the film that I really really enjoyed is the uh, cinematography and like the framing of shots. It, it's pretty good. Also, the color choices at times. You know, most of the time there's like. A lot of uh, dull colors, especially like Montana, you know, when you have all these establishing shots, the, the greens are kind of muted. Uh, but once you're in the spaceship, like the orange is very, very bright, the orange suits. Yeah. Know? And that's uh, the contrast of that with the black. Amy Out Adams is, is really bright compared yeah. to everyone else mm-hmm. in that. I would say it's a lot of dynamic range where the brights are really bright and the darks are really dark mm-hmm. and it creates mm-hmm. this nice contrast. Yeah. It's not like... It's not color graded like, a, I keep going back to Marvel films, but like it's not graded like a Marvel film where it's very like TV looking esque, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The TV look is very like unpleasant when it's in a film because it's mm-hmm. just like mm-hmm. it looks not good. Yeah. Um, so I. There's more to there's more to the why Marvel doesn't look good. <laughs> well, like colors. Civil War was like a cinder block. It's like, Pretty much. It's yeah. color graded down. It doesn't look like a TV show. It just looks desaturated mm-hmm. which is unfortunate yeah yeah no um, there's also you know problems with what i hate about marvel <laughs> films i'm sorry i need to get like the fra- the, the framing of everything i just found you know i just realized this when i was watching and no way this is gonna marvel film again marvel films don't have 
uh, good framing ever. And oh, like no, the camera yeah. techniques are trash. It, they They're just need horrible. to get the shot. They yeah, just need to get they the don't shot. Need they don't want to do it. I don't do want it. all this movement yeah. just like moving all over the place. I was, and this is, you know, uh, my brother was watching Infinity War. Uh, that's how I realized this. Like, it's even, it's still bad in Infinity War. They had 17 tries. <laughs> and it's still bad. You know, the only thing that gets close to good at times is Thor Ragnarok because there's a good director, like, behind <laughs> actually getting some okay shots. Yeah. It's pretty much, like, you can't understand what's going on when they're fighting. Like, no. at all. No, it's, yeah. Um, but yeah, Arrival has this really, like, um cold palette at times, right? It's mm -hmm. very blue, it's very <laughs> gray, and I really like that. Um, I, you had mentioned before that it's very bright at times. Yeah. Uh, to be clear, it's like... Uh, That's only like when she's When there's inside. color. Yeah. It's not yeah. like devoiding color. Yeah. Um, it's just the Showing colors the on screen, and there's a little bit of color grading where it shifts blue, especially when they're in that... Um, what's the word? The, the glass word. box. Thing. The, where they're communicating with like the mist, they're talking with the yeah, antipods. Yeah. That's like really uh, dark, mm -hmm. not like gritty dark, but like you know, yeah, blue dark, <laughs> like color grade blue. Um, one thing about cinematography, did you notice how a lot of they do a lot of behind the head shots? Uh, they let people mm -hmm. talk behind the head. Well, they let people yeah, speak and yes. perfect like mm -hmm. behind their head yeah. as mm -hmm. if you're like trying to understand what they're saying mm -hmm. yeah. if you don't see their face yeah no I did catch that and that was pretty good That's that was a nice yeah. little detail mm -hmm. I catch and watch like they're speaking with their uh, face away from the camera mm -hmm. which is a nice little subtle touch about communication yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but what, what was this thing? What, what was this tangent we're on right now uh, cinematography cinematography we're about yeah. Yeah. arrival <laughs> cinematography <laughs> Yeah. yeah, no, it's it's good. It's good stuff, you know. Uh, beautifully shot, and uh, the only stuff that really I don't crisp like is too really crisp yeah. looking. Yeah, yeah. Some of the establishing shots I'm not a fan of, just because of the fact that I, you know, like it's it's big. You know, the, well, the they kind of they have to do it. Right. Well, yeah, they have to do it. I get it. I'm interested. Like, what is the shot? It's probably shot in digital. It looks really crisp. And oh, like, for like, sure. Like, shot no, on digital. Most likely, and that's not a problem. Yeah, you know? if I'm, you. I'm, Effectively use digital. Yeah. Go for it. You know that happened. Uh, I I forgot that like you were never really here. It was shot on digital. You know, like a lot of it is shot on digital. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. It is. And uh, I can't. It's I fantastic. Can't. I don't know if it was. I don't it's, know it probably here. You know, it probably is like. Mm -hmm. Who 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 did the cinematography though? Uh, oh my god, I had the name. Because, uh, was it Roger Deakins? No. Because I don't think I so. I don't yeah, think so. I don't think he was He's only for... did Blade Runner, right? No, he did He did, did everything except for Arrival, I think. Oh. He did, uh, did I don't know, I don't think he did Enemy. I don't think he did Enemy, but he did Prisoners. Oh. And he was nominated for Prisoners, and he didn't get the award. Well, yeah. <laughs> and then he did Sicario, nominated for Sicario. So did that was get 16th the award. time. <laughs> uh, and then... Blade Runner, and he finally won for Blade Runner, which is actually kind of a cop because he should have won for Prisoners. It's uh, a 17th lifetime achievement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The cinematography of Bradford Young. Bradford Ooh, Young. What has he done? Uh, he did Selma, okay. um, A Most Violent Year, and more recently, Solo. Oh. Uh, oh my uh, god. And now that now that you think about it though, oh. doesn't it look it looks very like silent. It like, looks very similar. Like do you like think about remember in solo where they go into that um that one alien mob boss who doesn't like the sun 
Do you remember that? Yeah. It looks very, like, it's all blue, but mm -hmm. um, it, like, doesn't remind you of, like, Arrival in terms of, like, the no, color no, grading? No, no, the color grading did remind, like, it was, it's like, that's a good game. They're I, just trying to emulate what's, you know, what's popular now. And that's what Arrival was. Arrival works, like, yeah. with the tone of the film. That's why that's you kind of have that's these why you dull use it. film You use color. style to complement like the tone. Story, yeah. But, like, Solo has no tone. And not that much style, I think, <laughs> yeah. to be honest. I, I, don't was very... it's like, I don't think the shooting is wrong. What's wrong with that film? No, no, for sure. And I'm also, like, not as, I'm not as negative on Solo as other people. Like, Jamie, no. Jamie, Jamie Allen, I hate Solo. I just, I, I hate Solo, actually. I really I dislike it because... Like, a lot of these films, for me, kind of just... Great out into yeah. like one monotonous thing. Uh huh. It's just been getting. And I love Star season. Wars, but you know? there's just so much of the same stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You guys want to hear something? You know, mm -hmm. like the little bird box they use in the in the film with the bird. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the writer for Arrival is Eric Heiserer. Heiserer. Okay. okay. He and did Bird Box. I'm he wrote Bird Box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> he wrote, but here's the weird thing. is He wrote the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh. Trash. Final Destination 5. Haven't seen it, but I'm assuming it's trash. Uh, the remake of The Thing. That is trash. Yeah. Uh, did Lights Out, which I think is not very good. Uh, I heard it was okay, but I never really heard anything about it after it got released. Yeah. You know, I saw the poster. And it had some stuff on and the And everyone poster. freaked out about the trailer. Yeah. Uh, he did. Then he did Arrival, which is like, so you have all these like really shitty movies. Yeah. Uh -huh. And then you have one good one. And you do one. And then he has a bird box, which is not that great. So. <laughs> um, well, that's what he get. Like he adapted like a really good story to begin with. Like Story of My Life is really good story. I yeah, but you can adapt that. something and like totally uh, what, botch it. That's true. Yeah. yeah. So it was actually a, this story is actually, I feel like probably easier to watch than all the other things he's done. Yeah, he hasn't done uh, adapted other than this. I don't think. Well, he made remake. Oh, that's yeah. not adapted, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sh like I'm sure Denise saw the script and he's like, I'm gonna put some creative spin on this. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Usually how it goes, they rewrite on yeah. site and stuff. Um, I mean, if a film sucked to its script. One to one. I don't know. I there's probably someone out there listening, and just screaming out. Of well, there's not a lot of talk, even like talking in this film that much. Mm -hmm. No, talk, we're talking about like people out there who you know who listen to the podcast will be screaming about whether or not there's uh, a film out there that sucked to the script. It's one to one. Yeah. Regardless, um, that's just a random fact I thought would be funny because when I rewatched it, I was like. I lean over uh, to make it. I'm like, that's a bird box right there. Okay, so I haven't seen <laughs> Bird Box, and I have no intention of seeing it. Bird Box has. Did I see it? No, I don't see it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> bird Box has only a slightly more uh, narrative importance than the Green Book and Green Book. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Damn. Only slightly more. The green, like the green book and green book, is mentioned once and, and then never used yeah. again. Never used wow. again. Wow, sad. He literally read it once mm. to the, just go to one hotel or music, something like the that. The music producer's like, "You're gonna need this," and he looks at it and like, "Green book." There's a block <laughs> letter right at the top. But I digress. That um, is not the movie we're talking about. Yeah. No. <laughs> um. 
So what other Denny Villeneuve films have you seen other than like... Uh, I've seen... Have you seen Blade Runner? I've Blade seen Blade Runner? Runner, Prisoners, and Sicario. And uh, Arrival on Things. Oh, yeah, yeah. One. Yes. So uh, how about you, Greg, actually? Uh, my first one was Sicario. Sorry. Then I went back to Prisoners and then Arrival in Blade Runner. I think what he does really well in all those films is like he's patient with yeah. everything. Mm -hmm. Like he doesn't like right away... Yeah. reveal anything and he he's able to pace these films so well that it forces you to be patient and it doesn't feel like it's taking that long yeah. like a lot of films that force you to be patient oftentimes you're just like okay get to it yeah no but he like is able Odyssey. to kind of build up that tension while also being like please wait yeah let me show you what i'm doing i want to see polytechnic from me too polytechnic when, which one is that like that's his first, first montreal the shooting. The yeah. school shooting. Oh, damn. Okay. Montreal. From the perspective of two, uh, I think it's, I haven't seen it. Two, like, engineering students. It's, like, from the perspective of the two, uh, like, two victims. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, don't quote me, but it's based on school shooting. That's for That's interesting. All right. I, and I do also want to see that's that. That's a dark subject matter, and he's, like, uh, Yo, Prisoners is dark. Prisoners is dark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Prisoners is dark. dark. Arrivals even, like, Probably on the lighter side compared to everything yeah. he's yeah. done, <laughs> and that's still dark compared to a lot of them. Yeah, I would say Arrival is a serious film. Mm -hmm. Yeah, whereas like Sicario can get dark. Uh, Prisoners, Prisoners is just yeah. Dull. yeah. Prisoners, I I remember seeing it in theaters actually. Really? Yeah, and it was in Dubai, so we don't get that many movies. I always say that we don't get that many movies in Dubai, so I just uh, you know watched it, and that's how I actually uh, started liking. Uh, What's his name? The Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal. That was my first exposure to him, and ever since that time, I really started like delving deep into his filmography, uh, starting with Donnie Darko, then going up uh, and watching like Jarhead, Brothers, all that. What's the new film coming out that came out the trailer? Something Velvet. It's, yeah, it's it's. I don't know. One pause. Like it. Yeah, it's in, it's on Jake Netflix. Jake's film. New movie. Yeah, new movie. Netflix. Netflix. Nightcrawler is doing yeah. a new film. Yeah, with him again. Uh, but it's on Netflix, and it's about yes. paintings that come alive. Mm -hmm. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, Basically. Stan Gilroy's new piece, and it is called uh, Velvet Buzzsaw. Hmm. Yeah, so, I'm psyched for that. When is that coming out? Because uh, the trailer Sundance, came right? Sundance. Oh, so soon. Yeah. Well, not soon, but it will come out in the summer, for sure. Yeah. Considering Sundance. Mm, let me see here. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. What if it just releases on Sundance, like everywhere? On that. I feel like Sundance. some movie did that. Release date January twenty seventh, twenty nineteen, at Sundance. Worldwide premiere is on the first. So it looks like Netflix is doing the same thing with um, that other movie starring Elijah Woods. Wait, which one was what? that? Wait. Elijah was damn that I don't haven't I, heard that name yeah. in a while. <laughs> oh my god! I think it's I don't feel at home in this world or something. Oh man, what? Yeah, I've always seen that, and I thought that was like that was enough film that premiered at Sundance and then shortly released after. later in like February. Oh yes, now I remember when I was okay. like looking at the what was coming out in Sundance. That was one. It's mm -hmm. called uh, just close the tab like a smart person. I don't feel at home in this world anymore. It's really, yeah. I just realize I'm seeing super far from the mic, but um, I don't feel at home 
in this world anymore. Yeah. That was the same situation developed by Saw. But I digress. Um, back to Arrival. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I noticed back when I was rewatching is how like on the nose it can be sometimes with this film. Oh script. yes, it, it is. is very on the nose. Sometimes I'm just like, let me, you know, let me not like, let me just see it, like speak a cinematic language to me as opposed to like a dialogue one. Yeah. I feel like, but you, so we were talking about how Arrival made more like money than like Annihilation or something like that. I like to always compare those two because Annihilation kind of makes you think a little more where Arrival kind of hand holds you a little yeah, more towards more. the end. So I think that probably turns people more. Same with Blade there. Runner. You don't really get much. Like, like you get dialogue at certain points, but forcing for like part, a general movie going audience yeah. to think way more than they want to mm-hmm. probably turns them off more yeah. than like something that kind of holds your hand throughout. Yeah. That's uh, why Inception did so well. Oh, but fuck me. <laughs> what? That's why Inception did so well. Is that like a joke? Yeah, I mean, Man, if you, I, I think it's a, I think it's a good movie, but it does hold your hand. Also, Interstellar. That's why Interstellar did so well as well because uh, it holds your hand throughout the film. It does explain things to you. I don't know if it holds your hand. Oh, it, it does, man. Like quite a bit, especially at the end. I feel like they're just like they do a huge information dump during that montage sequence. Yeah, but, and, and they kind of like let it play out. But they also like all the hints, I guess, throughout the movie aren't really hints. They're like overt, you know, they're like, here is what might happen. These dimensional beings are there or whatever. Either way. Oh, you might Interstellar. Yeah. Oh, they might oh. Inception. Inception and Interstellar. Is Inception is way worse yeah. than Inter- Inception. Yeah, yeah. Inception is a, little, a lot better in, in that regard than uh, whatever. Uh, Arrival. What they like, what I don't like about Arrival, I don't say I don't like. It's just like a nitpick. They're like, at the end, it's like, let's make a baby. I already understand that they kind of get together and like in the future they're gonna be future husbands. Of like, don't say that. Hannah, it's a palindrome. It's spelled <laughs> the same forward and backwards. Like, that would have been like a nice little nuance to like under like you know derive without someone telling you. Yeah. So it's a little on the nose there. Well, mm-hmm. I feel like that last part that you were talking about in terms of, oh, let's make a baby. I feel like, I mean, the script, yeah, maybe it's a little like on the nose, but I feel like for that part, like it was more on like, because you're focusing on Amy Adams, you kind of see her reaction as she's like going through all the thought processes of like, okay, yes, I picked this decision. I'm going to go see it through. And I feel like that's the reason why that dialogue choice might have been there, just so we can see the reaction of Amy Adams at the end. Mm-hmm. Where she's just like, okay, I'm gonna do it. I don't know. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the only, that's what I dislike about the film is how on the nose it can be sometimes. Yeah, just in terms of the dialogue. Yeah. No, I does. do agree with you on that. That stuck out a lot on my rewatch. That is fair. Kangaroo, mm, though. Hmm? That's a good little scene. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have a question for you guys. Well, you didn't rewatch it, right? No. You rewatched it. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, when I tell them that this is like one of my favorite movies, they always tell me, "Well, how can you rewatch it because of the twist?" Oh. Do you think you lose anything because of it? A little bit, but it's like you find new things, right? So yeah, that's... you can be like narratively aware of something, but you're. I think you're looking for me. It's like you're appreciating the construction and all the other details about the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's like it's like. It's not. Mm, what's the right phrase? I'm trying, I was gonna say embarrassment of riches, but that's not the right term to use. Um, 
it's like uh, the parts of a whole. It's like you appreciate the acting, the cinematography, mm -hmm. uh, the, yeah. the occasional use of dialogue where it's like the <laughs> kangaroo, um, the moments, the scenes, and you're like, here's the part where they like blow up the bomb or whatever. So it, oh, also, side tangent, the reason why there's a bomb and the bomb goes off is because you have a rogue military agent. That's mm -hmm. the guy that gets the phone call from his wife getting all concerned, so he ties sick matters in his own hand. Mm -hmm. Okay. That was what I said. It doesn't seem like Forrest Whitaker would do that. Yeah. No. Um, but yeah. Uh, so for me, when I'm rewatching it, yeah, I mean, like, the twist is there, and that's one of the reasons why I loved it so much when I first saw it. But you kind of, like, you appreciate the... You like you're dissecting the themes more, right? Mm -hmm. So now that you know the outcome and everything, you're looking backwards. It's like for you were never really here. I know the ending, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But when I rewatched that film club this week, I saw how more like the title is like you were never really here, and I was looking at uh, how a character is on screen and then not on screen. Like where does that character is or where is he positioned in? Like, when is he shown and not shown? So, like, there's Joe walking across the bridge, and they do a jump cut of him. Yeah. Just walking out of frame, he has, like, maybe, like, two tenths into the frame, and then a car walks by, and then it jumps, and he's not there. Yeah. Uh, take a split, like, mental moment where you see, like, him disappearing, or, like, when he sees other people from his past being there and not there. So you're, like, seeing new details about the film, and you're appreciating it, and you're, like, understanding it. Uh, yeah. But going off your point, it does diminish it a little bit, I guess. Uh, so for me, my my response to that question, I haven't rewatched it, but I have rewatched stuff with like really big twists. Mm -hmm. uh, big example, Inception. I rewatched it a mm -hmm. couple of times, and I, uh, for me personally, I love style in film more than substance. Mm -hmm. Like that's what I go in to see movies for. I want to see the how they make it. Mm -hmm. Um, and f because of that, like, I, I can watch. Enhance your yeah, movie. yeah. Because of that, I like viewing things twice now. I used to not because I used to be focused on narrative at first. Mm -hmm. But now I, ever since I started getting more into films, I generally like to rewatch everything just to see you know uh, all the editing techniques and and uh, shots. And this is uh, especially uh, important in like older films, you know, like, uh, mm -hmm. and I'm not talking like really, really old, but even then they are really focused on the techniques because they don't have like any computers that will uh, generate their images for them. So yeah, I, I don't think rewatch necessarily diminishes because narrative is only one part of the, of the film and a narrative on its own uh, is not a film. So like if you're just going to watch a movie for the story, read the book, you know, <laughs> it's better. Yeah, not, not as a movie. Like, not it's better than the movie, but it's better for you as a person if you're just going to a movie just to enjoy the story. Some I, English major is gonna come at you. <laughs> yeah, I have rewatched the film and not liked it as much as the first time. What film? Uh, well, a lot. I a lot. lot for me, especially right? ones I liked when I was like in high school. Oh no! Yeah, fifty fifty. I rewatched. I'm like, this um, is not as great as I remember it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm talking generally in terms of movies that I like. Uh, but obviously there are films that I don't like the first time around. Uh, and like the second And like the second time. And there are movies that I just don't like the first time around. And I try to give it another chance. But then I just mm -hmm. never get into it because the style isn't that good. This is, yeah, I never rewatch movies that don't have a 
a distinctive style. You know, mm -hmm. for me, that's that's something that is important. So if it's just, if the movie is just focused on its narrative completely with no original elements other than that, mm -hmm. I just watch it once and I get all the information. I don't need to do it again. You know. Cool. We're on the same page. Because every time I watch, I recommend this. I'm like, oh, let's rewatch Arrival. They're like, well, no, we know the ending. Why would we yeah. want to? It's like, well, the ending. <laughs> it's not, it's not just the movie. Just, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I would rewatch Arrival just to see that shot. Again. I honestly I, I thought, thought of, the of film her was... In, in that, like, with the jumpsuit, the orange... Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, with the orange suit and in that frame, you know, because she's perfectly framed as well. That's the, yeah. the camera's always perfectly framed. And see, that's, that's the thing. You know, you don't have to have... You don't have to not have CG for it to look good. You know, mm -hmm. CG can still look good, and that's exactly a moment where even even the shots where it's like the you know shooting the other side basically okay. uh it's still pretty good the oh, hair no. is the a hair little yeah i saw yeah, it like yeah, yeah that, the hair that's not good but, but hair effects she had some very shiny hair it's, hair well, effects it's are like pretty. i think it's worse than like aquaman's hair, <laughs> hair movement flowing thing yeah but that's that's you know that's just uh, the limitations of technology hair hasn't been perfected yet in terms of uh, digital images because there's like, so much hair because like so there they're not like doing like it's not like a bun or anything it's literally every it's strand yeah. floating exactly all of her head and zoomed in on it too <laughs> yeah yeah no but you know uh even with that though like overall the movie is still beautifully shot uh dull moments are made to look very very interesting just because of how things are framed and yeah that's why i like watching movies because it gives me you know a different perspective on on stuff just in terms of where the camera is positioned than what i see in normal life because i wouldn't be you know just looking at someone from you know the corner over there or looking at someone from just very far away and trying to talk it's to the them. person yeah. yeah so you know what i'm saying that's that's uh basically yeah it gives me those perspectives that are pretty yeah. nice. I mean, even on the topic of like that twist ending, I feel like you appreciate the film more because you get to notice more of these camera yeah. techniques and what he's trying to invoke. Like mm -hmm. how so, Amy Adams is framed is really important. And when you do know that answer, you kind of are able to see like yeah. the reason why they chose like a shot on her this way over that way. Yeah, I, I actually want to retract statement about like uh, you know uh, rewatching. If I said that you can't rewatch like narrative driven films, sometimes you can because sometimes uh, at the start you feel like there's nothing original other than the narrative. But I have seen times. Uh, this is not necessarily on in a film, but I, I'm remembering the TV show that I've seen, where a lot you know the first half of it is just like build up, and you're mm -hmm. like, why is this build up happening? It's just there's nothing going on. We just mm -hmm. get to the point. And then the twist happens and then the narrative continues on. And such a good narrative. And I think to myself, I don't need to watch this again because mm -hmm. I finished, I saw the story. But then I was recommending it to someone because I really loved that story. And I sat down and watched a couple episodes and I was like, damn, they really thought of everything from the start. <laughs> you know, like all the parts from the beginning make sense after watching the, you know, after watching it entirely and getting the twist, because mm -hmm. with the, without the twist, it wouldn't make sense. But with the twist and going back to it, it makes perfect sense. So yeah. that's a way, you know, that's a time where you would rewatch just for the narrative. Yeah, I do like a, I do like rewatching. One of my favorite things is rewatching a film and then being proven wrong or finding new meaning in something. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, 
I feel like one of the most art is like really subjective and you know like I saw like over 300 movies last year like I'm yeah. not gonna like evaluate every single one exactly. right right uh -huh. yeah so uh, rewatching is pretty important uh, there are certain films where you just like you know yeah like, like, it's like don't try to like convince me that like, <laughs> you know, like the book of Henry is good or whatever yeah. <laughs> but like you know there's like time where, like I'm watching a movie really tired and Especially during like the festival circuit when you're watching like multiple movies a day. Yeah. Um, it can get like, you can like, you can like, I feel like everyone makes like a misevaluation or you like, weeks later you're like, you know what, that film stuck with me more after yeah. the fact. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then you go back and you watch it. Yeah, this, this happened to me with Apocalypse Now. I generally don't like war films mm -hmm. at all. Just because I don't like it depicted ever. Mm -hmm. uh, I know it's a thing, you know, that, uh, like, I know this, most of the time it is depicted in a very negative light, obviously. Yes. Uh, but, you know, I just don't like to see all the death and destruction, and it's, like, based on real death and destruction, you know? And, uh, but Apocalypse Now, you know, just after I watched it, I didn't like it at first, but then time passed and I just started remembering like scenes and shots from there and it's just I feel great, like a lot of know? times when you hate a movie and then when you rewatch it and you like it it's often those movies that kind of just stick in your head a little longer than you thought you yeah. would and then I feel like those movies tend to have an easier time for me to re like think about it and mm -hmm. look back in it like yeah. there's one movie that came out this year Vox Lux when I first saw it I was I did not like it, but I keep thinking about it every hmm. week. I think that I actually was interested in seeing that, but I never like I never saw it in theaters or anything. Where did it come out? Like I was, you know, I always I never generally look at like SIF uh, stuff because it's uh, just it's not too a local theater. I saw yeah, it. You're probably finding it like the Meridian or Pack Place for that film. It wasn't a yeah. SIF. Oh, it wasn't. No. Yeah, because I I don't know. I never like I I. I'm surprised had... SIF didn't play it, but I appreciate the theme. I'm not sure the package is there like, I, I like the ideas to, yeah I like the ideas as well it's just sporadic at times but it's a film that I can't stop thinking about I so like, I think I feel like I need to rewatch that or something uh, I was like mixed on that film it is mm -hmm. it's kind of like uh, the mule like I watched mule based off of like uh, um, I read a review of it and it's like an introspective of Clint Eastwood's career <laughs> Like, I like the message, but I'm not sure I like the package that it's in. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I'm like, this is like, I, I know what he's like, I feel like what he's, I know what he's doing, but the package in which it was assembled, I wasn't like sold on. I was like, it's a good, I feel like it's a good watch if you were like watching his entire filmography of his career. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed uh, it. Yeah. It's for, for me, you know, that, that concept of like, uh, that thing you said about uh, films that stick with you, right? Uh, having to rewatch them. There's a film that's stuck with me that I never want to rewatch. What? <laughs> uh, it's this film by, I think it was written by James Gunn, not directed by James It was going to direct it like Super. a long time ago. No, 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 no. Uh, it's... Uh, the Belko Experiment? Yes. The Belko Experiment. I've never seen that. Okay, so it's a movie about basically a battle royale in an office. Okay. For real, that's... To be clear, though, he had written the script before Guardians of the Galaxy even came out. So this yeah, is like yeah. pre... This is like... I, I no, don't no, know the exact no, I know, This is like I know the day when like, he's making those edgy jokes. No, it's, it's, a, it's the time... The no, it's actually... It was at the time of, of The Office, you know, when it was still running. Mm -hmm. So it, it would have made sense at that time. If it was so released like, at that time. Is this like late... 
O's, like 2009-ish? Yeah. Or 2010, 11, 12, what are we I think about? late O's. Well, just, we have the internet here, so yeah. we'll look it up. <laughs> yeah, we could. But like... But I don't, wanna, I don't want to see it again, no. Just because of like all those edgy jokes he has? No, not, not, there's no edgy jokes, it's just... Well, it's, it's, I feel like the it concept, was... like, it stuck with me because it's uh, a dumb concept, you know oh, what I'm saying? Oh, but like those type <laughs> of films, it's not like... For me, like those rewatchability, game. like the ones that you don't like that you yeah. end up rewatching and you like, it's more like those things that linger not because you like they're dumb. Yeah. Like obviously those things kind of linger sometimes. Yeah, you're like, yeah. wow, that's really stupid. <laughs> it's really stupid, yeah. But like the things where you're like, okay. I see him going somewhere. Didn't mean to interrupt. James Gunn uh, wrote the film prior to doing Super in 2010. So this is like, oh nine. So this is like when he's making those edgy jokes. So it's like, the only reason why this thing probably got picked up was because of the success of Guardians of the Galaxy. And someone yeah. saw like James Gunn's script with well, the like, edgy let's, jokes. Let's send this. Well, I don't know. <laughs> they, they they edgy jokes? That's the thing. So I think they this is like, the edgy jokes. So this is like him before Guardians of the Galaxy. This is yeah. like, this is someone writing a script mm -hmm. for a film. Like, after. so it's like, he's matured as a director, right? Mm -hmm. But then someone going back and finding an unmatured script that he had written yeah. when he was like, not that well known. Yeah. And yeah. someone thought it was good. And says we're on James Gunn hype now, so yeah, no, but the, the, the ending, the ending is great of that short of that film because it ends on like a cliffhanger that this experiment has been done oh. with so many other people, and now they're they're gonna have like a bigger one, basically. <laughs> <Nice>. oh. <laughs> and if if it ever comes out, if if there's the Belko experiment too, well, you go I actually might go and watch it. To be honest, I want I want some closure. You know, that's why it's sticking with me. I want—I just wanted to be—I want to know what happens. But it's just such a bad movie. It has the dude from Scrubs, but like not—not not the main dude and not the other main dude. One of the the blonde-haired dude from uh, from Scrubs. Oh, I forget fuck. his name. I forget his name. But too. like you know his face. Yeah. I'm just gonna search blonde dude from Scrubs and I'll see. Uh, John C. McGinley. I don't even. Uh, yeah. Never heard of him. This dude. Um, he's one of those faces like. This dude. Oh, weird. This dude. He was in the movie as he's a person. In Scrubs. Yeah. yeah. He's a janitor from Scrubs. Yeah. He's in the movie as a person who is who starts off as a really nice dude and then like literally snaps when this experiment happens because like. <laughs> insane just yeah. crazy and it's very weird seeing this guy who's always smiling just crazy he, he knocked it out of the park in that performance actually the only you know <laughs> only memorable performance because i don't even know who else was in that movie <laughs> literally this is the only person i remember and you barely remember and he's not even he's not even the main character he's like a very very side character <laughs> yeah you know? hmm. maybe i'll have to go watch it <laughs> maybe. maybe i don't recommend it <laughs> Because you will want to know what happens afterwards, and then you're just gonna never know. Oh. You will never know, because that movie did not make any money. Anyways, back to Arrival, final <laughs> thoughts on the film. What do we think? Amy Adams was robbed. Amy Adams She was not was even robbed. nominated. That pisses Sad. me off. Like, yeah. I get it. I don't, well, I don't get it that she didn't win, but to not yeah. even be nominated. The sad part is she's gonna be like Glenn Close, where she gets an award for something where she was not as good as her prior role yeah. that she was nominated for, and now she's gonna get a pity Oscar for it. 
True, true. However, that year was like strong. I didn't believe that it was the Emma Stone year, it was right? Emma Stone yeah, year. I didn't believe that Emma Stone should have won. Even though I wanted her to win just because I like Emma Stone, but mm-hmm. I don't think she deserved it. Yeah, I don't but there was there was Natalie Portman for Jackie, and she did she really knocked that out of the park. So I was very surprised when she didn't win. Like I haven't actually. seen that movie, so I yeah, can't not many say. have. Not it's many people have seen that movie. <laughs> but she is great. She actually is fantastic in that role, and I was surprised because you know usually Oscars uh, they love you know representations of real people in cinema that so you know they can judge it more accurately because they have like a reference mm-hmm. to judge from uh but yeah she didn't win and i was very surprised well that year they had that was so the year for that for that oh, year ruth nagg and natalie portman meryl street you can get meryl street out you of can there move Mary, amy yeah. adams in there yeah yes. yeah meryl street yeah uh what's she in florence foster jacob yes oh, <laughs> i saw that movie that is a movie. <laughs> She's got clout with the Academy. She's got clout. Yeah, she does. She gets nominated for some of the, like, her Most modern movies stuff. are just now really random yeah. stuff that she gets nominated for. Yeah. Yeah, she just, she doesn't even need to do anything. Yeah, she can just, like, nomination. talk for, like, ten minutes in one film and they're like, here She's are the all supporting. the words. Yeah. yeah. If I had to pick that year, I probably would pick uh, Hooper or, I guess, Natalie Portman. Probably Hooper She's out of really five. Good. I haven't seen Elle, so that's the thing. Like, I love, love, love La Land, but they I were not. They would never like, get it. I don't to think Elle. it's. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure they wouldn't. But that's the thing. But I'm like, the reason why I was surprised, like, I thought that, again, that Natalie Portman was going to do it. And the reason why I like her performance a lot is because I have a frame of reference, and they have a frame of reference, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, there's still, like, videos, uh, interviews, you know, mm-hmm. sound recordings of Jackie uh, Kennedy. So it was. Uh, yeah, it was pretty good seeing that. Pretty cool seeing that on screen. I mean, Amy Adams is my personal choice for that year, but that's because. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean she's great too. Like I wouldn't have minded her winning. She's definitely better than Emma Stone in this. Uh, I agree, and film. I love La La Land, but yeah, I, I like I just La La Land too. Arrival and what Amy Adams does in this film. Yeah. A little more. Yeah, uh, who was? Uh, I have a question actually. Who was uh, uh, nominated when Viola Davis won for? Uh, I think so. I think that was the year, right? Where she's like, I think that was the year where like everyone was like, she really should be not supporting actress or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should have been lead, but she got it for that either way. But there was another nomination. Like, what are the nominations for best supporting actress of that year? Viola Davis, Naomi Harris, Nicole Kidman. Yeah. So I actually wanted Naomi Michelle Harris Williams. to win, even though I loved Viola Davis's performance. Naomi Harris is the person who is. Uh, the the mother in uh, light. Oh yeah. Never saw fences. You know so what? I, don't know if we, I mean, she. It's she just that had, spit scene where a, she's yeah. like crying with snot in her face. Yeah, pretty much. And a point of arrogance, I guess, or ignorance, not arrogance, ignorance. Uh, yeah. I guess she could not win it because I haven't seen it. No, but I don't know. I'm not saying she. No, she like she she's was really gonna win good. it. Everybody, she's yeah, she's really not good. Not supporting her. Yes. Yeah, she's yeah. like in the film as much as Denzel Washington. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, if not a little, a little bit more, more actually, yeah. because of the. Is this an arrival podcast? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, no, we're talking about how she was snubbed. How she was snubbed. But I want to just say one thing about Naomi Harris, though. Uh, just a recognition. She only had three days to shoot all of her scenes. In Moonlight. Three, because she was shooting another film, and yeah. she had to be in the UK, 
as well. So she shot all of the, you know, the progression, all the three, uh, you know, sections of Moonlight where she progresses mm -hmm. in in two days or three days. And that was, that's phenomenal. That's a good return. Yeah. Three days, one Oscar nomination. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyways, uh, final thoughts from me. I, uh, you know, I always like films that are shot well, and this was very well shot. And the acting is great. Uh, I know we haven't focused on anyone but Amy Adams, but like Jeremy Renner, Forrest Whitaker, they're all pretty Jeremy good Renner as well. Jeremy Renner is really good for like the role that he has yeah. to play in yeah. this. He's more screen time than Hawkeye. <laughs> <laughs> Sad, honestly. And like, I love, yeah, anyways. Uh, Where's Hawkeye? Where is he? Where's He's coming Hawkeye? back, though. Right? <laughs> He's coming back. Either way, uh, yeah, I love this, uh, how it was shot. The concept of the film is fantastic, you know, uh, showing all, the, all what happens after, like, it realistically shows what happens. Mm -hmm after an alien invasion, invasion, so, you know, in quotation marks, because it wasn't really an invasion. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, overall, the really good movie, not my favorite by the director, but that's because he has given us prisoners and enemy, and I love Jake Hall, so, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess for me, I mean, this is one of my favorite films of all time, and I thought first it was like, because it hit me in a weird area where I was at the time, but rewatching, having rewatched it a couple of times, it only solidified it. I love the concept of both like the political concept and also like the self concept for Amy Adams's character in terms of like choosing where you want to go in life and how time yeah. you kind of perceive time. Mm -hmm. It also kind of I also kind of like how it forces you to think a little bit. And this is why I sometimes have a hard time with 2001 A Space Odyssey, where it just kind of makes you think a little too much. Yeah. Where, like, I feel like Arrival is really balanced in that way. That's just my personal opinion. I don't know. And that's why... I still have a problem with that spaceship scene in 2001 Space <laughs> That's for another always, time. Let's not talk shit about 2001, please. That's the only, that's the only thing I dislike. <laughs> and if that, that's saying something, all right? Because I used Another to one is great. really dislike It's really great. <laughs> but now I, I've only limited to that one scene. That Greg one specific, you. <laughs> you know, four to five minute shot of a spaceship. I can do without that. You can make it one minute. Yeah. It gives the same exact message. Yeah. But back to Arrival. No <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, it, it's a good movie. The theme, all like all the themes in this film for me just hit on a really personal level for me, and that's probably why I love it so much. And I don't think it's it'll be hard to budge this off my favorite of all time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I I could see why it is. It, like objectively speaking, it's yeah phenomenal. Yeah, you know, uh, subjectively just speaking, a lot of it is really personal for me. Yeah, but um. Well, that should do it for all of us. Uh, we are currently on, the time code says an hour 13. Uh, it's a little spillover from, uh, I guess, our Black Panther podcast. Mm -hmm. We've gotten in the habit of, uh, of not disciplining ourselves and saying yeah. on topic, but who, who knows now. Movies are cool. We should talk about whatever yeah. is about them. Yeah. Uh, this is more of a general podcast, I feel now, but that's 
Still pretty cool. (laughs) Starts off with one film. Yeah. It just runs on to like so many different tangents. So we cover, we basically cover a lot. We cover like 70 movies. (laughs) (laughs) None of them very well. (laughs) So follow us. Yeah, follow us on Facebook at UW Film Club and on Instagram and Twitter at Film Club UW. We are on uh, the website. We have our own website, students.washington.edu slash film. Yeah. Where you can read all of our articles from our members who and write reviews. about reviews. Uh, we do have some top 10 lists coming out. Uh, a few other things we're working on. Um, this podcast is released every Monday on yeah. the main channel. I wouldn't say your favorite. We're not on Stitcher. We're not on, what is it? Podbean or whatever. There's, there's Anchor, but Anchor FM. But no, we we're on the main we ones. We never used that. We were going to, but SoundCloud is better. I feel. We're, well, SoundCloud, SoundCloud's our host. Yeah. SoundCloud. I feel like Spotify. We use Spotify. Yeah. We're on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. My mm-hmm. personal favorite. Yeah. And if you're an Android person, we're on Spotify. We're on Google Play. We are now. Yeah, I just never announced it because. Well, sorry, that's, Android people. Like, I mean, hey, yeah. I I just use it on Spotify. You know, that's that's what I yeah. what I do. I'm Android, and probably going to be okay, Android. Here's the problem with Android: is I have Google Play Music, right? When right. I was an Android person, let's we are. I'm gonna keep this in. Let's talk about it. It's fine. No, no, this is like a side tangent. When I was on Android, I had Google Play Music, and I keep it now mm-hmm. because it gets you free ads. Or no ads on YouTube. YouTube bird, yeah, no, yeah they include included. it. They, and it's the same price for $10. Mm-hmm. And they have the app on iPhone now, which is what I have. Uh, so I never thought to like change it over ever because all my playlists are there. So it worked totally fine. Yeah. But they don't integrate it. Like if you go on the mobile version, so if you go, look right here, you go on the desktop version of Google Play, yeah. you can have podcasts. The podcasts are there. But they don't show up in the app. Damn. If you want to listen to podcasts, you have to download a separate app. And this is Google's problem. They always separate yeah. everything out yeah. of yeah, 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 a thousand yeah, yeah. different apps, and it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, that is true. However, think think about it. You know, I can't, I can't listen to Apple Podcasts on Apple Music though. So, like, there it, is that it's too. It's all right here. Like, it's, it, if you have the desktop version of Google Play Music, it is there. But if you want it on your mobile version, it does not show up. Yeah, that's why it's Spotify. Yeah, that's Spotify because like even Apple Music this doesn't work. You know, I have Apple Music. Oh, I don't yeah. have Apple Music. Spotify is great. Work, you know? <laughs> okay, we're gonna wrap it up. That's our tangent <laughs> on the podcasts. Uh, please use our Amazon Smile Link or Freshly, our Blue yeah. Apron, our Me Undies, our We Transfer. When they come out. Yeah. Uh, Sponsor us. You know, <laughs> support the arts. Um, that should do it from us from this week. Thank you, everyone. Hope to see you next week. Uh, Bye-bye. Peace.